0: What if you were able to sit down for lunch with some of the greatest leaders in the world? What would you ask? What would they say? Welcome to the Lynch with a Leader podcast, where you're invited to join us in learning the spiritual principles behind big success. Here's your host, Mike Lynch. What's it like to find your leadership voice? What's it like to find who you were created to be, not just as a person, but as a leader? Well, that's what we're going to talk about today with one of America's greatest young up-and-coming leaders, Miss Annie F. Downs. Oh, it's going to be so good. Well, if I've never met you before, my name is Mike, and it's an honor to welcome you here to the Lynch with a Leader podcast, where we sit down every episode with amazing leaders and talk about how they lead with their faith out in front. Today is episode 145. Unbelievable. And I just keep enjoying them more and more each time I sit down with these amazing people that God has sent our way. I don't know if you remember the last time Annie was on, but she was just a spark of energy. She was just a fresh, just a fresh taste on life, on leadership, on uh, man, just such a positive outlook. And I know ever since that time, I've been like, I've got to get Annie back on the podcast. We've got so many of the same friends she was way back episode twenty two back in twenty eighteen and now she here she is on episode one forty five and she brings it and it is so rich and so good she is a best selling author she's a nationally known speaker she's a podcast host of this is fun podcast with annie f downs and she has on just incredible guests, but she Just bring so much freshness to life and leadership. I think you're going to really enjoy it because along with being all those things, Annie runs a company and Annie has her hands in lots and lots of leadership things from her role at Crosspoint in there in Nashville to what she does with her companies. I think you're really going to enjoy it. So I don't know where you're listening from. I don't know how you are tuning in or or what your state of affairs are right now, but I know this, this is going to be a fun one. So I want you to do me a favor. I want you to pull up your chair and I want you to listen in to my conversation with Annie F. Downs. Well, Annie, I have looked so forward to connecting with you again. Thanks for joining me on this episode.
1: Oh, me too, Mike. I'm so glad to be here. I love getting to talk to you.
0: I'm such a fan of you. I'm such a fan because you just come across, whether it's your interviews that you're interviewing or you're being interviewed, your just heart and joy of life always comes across. And it's always such a blessing.
1: That's really kind. I just had no idea when I was growing up that how much I loved to talk as a kid was going (laughs) to pay off as a professional (laughs) career. Isn't that amazing? Tell my fifth grade teacher who kept moving my seat <laughs> <That> <laughs> because you couldn't so, find one where and, I wouldn't talk. And
0: then you get a tour. You went on a tour. Yeah. What was yeah. that experience like?
1: Yeah, it was awesome. We had seen, i had spent a lot of time actually in 2019 watching other podcasts go on live tour i mean i went and saw probably four different live podcasts because i just wanted to see if it was possible like can this work um and i i mean i've been on the road since i started this job in 2012 but never had hosted my own tour i'd always kind of gone in in the industry you probably know, in the industry it's soft tickets versus hard tickets right soft tickets are an event that's already happening and you're on the bill so people are going to buy the tickets because they want to they go to that church or because they want to see one of the speakers or because they love the band. But you're also on the bill. Yep. And then hard tickets are you are what is coming to town. Mm. And that is what people are paying to come to. And so that is a that is a scary switch to switch from hard tickets to or soft tickets, to hard tickets. Um, but it was time to try. It was time to give it a go. So we did. 12 cities in june of 21 wow. and then we did 12 cities in february march of 22 and it is a blast oh my gosh i love it so much i love getting to gather people who have been on the other side of the podcast or the other side of my work for years knowing that everybody in the room has mutual friend and me Mm-hmm. And knowing that there's no like, um, there, you just get to start at, at first base a little bit, right? Yep. Like you're not yep. really starting up to bat because these people are already your friends. And so, man, it, it was just so fun. It's also really challenging because not only is my leadership happen and, and not only is it important that I'm a leader on stage for the 90 minutes to two hours of that show, I am leading the 12 people that are touring with us Mm. and making sure they're staying, I mean, you know, healthy, emotionally, spiritually, physically. I mean, one of the things we say before we leave Mike is there's a rehearsal day and every rehearsal day. Well, even before rehearsal day, I've texted everyone that's on the tour staff, but on rehearsal day, I say, again, my job is that when we're done with this tour in three weeks or however long it is that you are healthier emotionally, spiritually, and physically than when I met you. Mm. And if, if at any point, because everybody comes home from tours tired, but I see people come back to our town, uh, messed up after Mm. a tour if they aren't cared for. And so, so it is, it is a, it is leading 24 seven for that entire tour and I love it. And it wears me out.
0: What did you learn most about yourself doing it? What, what surprised you that you learned about what makes Annie tick?
1: Yeah. I, what did I learn? You know, my COO, Ashley Warren is a brilliant leader. She has done a ton of like, she trains people on how to lead teams. And one of the things she says is you can't microwave culture. Mm. and that is true all the time except on tour <laughs> you can microwave culture because you live together Yep. and so she actually just i'll send you a link she actually just wrote an incredible piece about it for jenny catrin's blog but in the idea what i learned about myself is that i actually kind of thrive in a microwave culture environment and i also crash hard afterwards yeah and And so I have to really pay attention the last couple of days of tour and the first week after tour, because everything that's tempting to me on a 20 percent level on a normal day just to be a sinful human is about 80 percent tempting when I'm as tired as I am after tour. Yeah. So I mean, I came back and I was calling people and going. I haven't thought about this kind of stuff or this, or I haven't felt this about myself in years. And they're like, Oh, do you just get off the road? I was like, yeah, actually. I mean, it was, it's one of the joys of the town living in a town that is so full of touring people is people just go, Oh yeah. Yeah. Don't believe all that. All that stuff you're hearing in your head. Yeah. That's because you got Mm -hmm. off the road last week. Call me next week if you're still hearing it. And then I was like, Oh, this is normal. So I think that's why I just had never experienced some of the, I I, I don't want to give the enemy a lot of credit because I'm I'm not sure how much he cares about me. But but I do think there is, when we finish a job and a job is well done, the forces of evil that come up against the forces of good do not release, they that's increase.
0: right, no, I totally and, agree.
1: And so I didn't, I don't know how much I knew that except like summer camp, you know how when you get home from summer camp and you're like, I thought I was going to read my Bible every day and I messed up already. And and it's kind of the off the summer camp high. That kind of happens in a, again, microwaved version after tour.
0: That's really good. So how does Annie care for her soul? So you, you, a lot of people you breathe life into a lot of people tune in every week to listen to your podcast, which is amazing. We'll have the link if they don't already have the link. They already have all that stuff, but they, they listen to you. You speak, you write consistently. You're leading now an organization, which is, that's a whole nother deal. It's a whole nother deal, who knew? So how does (laughs) Amy care for her soul? How do you do that while Um, leading at this brisk pace? That you're moving at.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So for our friends listening to to get an idea of my normal week, I, we have an office. I run two companies. One of them is we call Downs Books is the name of the company. So that's my writing, my speaking and my podcast. And then we also have a, that sounds fun podcast network. And so we have a handful of employees over there. They're they office across the hall from us. So it's very easy to get to everyone. Um, But I I mean, I'm going to tell you the whole truth. That's right. It is expensive financially to care for my soul. It's just the actual truth. I have to, I don't have to, in order to stay healthy, I choose to have a lot of professionals helping me with my life. Mm -hmm. So I go to a counselor and sometimes I go to a nutrition counselor because food and my body get out of whack really quickly when stress gets high. Mm -hmm. I sometimes go to an acupuncturist. I sometimes go to a primary care physician. Sometimes I go to a naturopath. I mean, like, I just have kind of a uh, another, uh, a, I see a baseball bat behind you and you and I both love baseball. Yep. So here's another baseball reference. I have quite a bullpen yeah. of people that are invested to care for my soul. I have a mentor. I have pastors that I can call on the regular. I mean, there are just, it takes a lot of people to help me lead like this Mm. and at this, and as you talked about at this pace, it takes a lot of people and that's outside the company inside the company. I have a manager. I have a day-to-day manager. I have Ashley as my COO. I have an executive assistant. I mean, there are people that inside the company that help me manage my soul, but as well as having a mentor, I mentor someone. And Mm. that's part of keeping my soul, soul healthy is investing in other people and not just being a, um, uh, you know sometimes i can feel like i'm just a, a a brand or a body or a thing that everyone else keeps healthy like i'm a train engine
0: yeah and, yeah. and
1: everybody's job is to make sure their part of the engine can keep going so someone's shoveling coal and yep. someone's checking the air pressure and someone's kicking the tires because there are a lot of cars attached to the back of this engine And so all these people got to make sure the engine's going and that is true. And it's not true because I'm a person who's a human, but also (laughs) I am the engine for this train. So that's how I care for my soul. And also I read books. I spend time with the Lord. I mean, all the things that you know are true, but if we're talking pure, like how have I not burned out all the way yet? It is that I have a bullpen of people that I see on a regular basis to make sure that doesn't happen.
0: That's so good. I was listening. It was funny this morning. I was listening. I'm going to pull something up. I was listening to a podcast with uh, Brad Lomitik, who we both just adore and he had Jenny Allen on Uh and she made a comment that I thought was so good. She said, and and she was quoting somebody else. She said, we all need a fellowship of the unimpressed.
1: Yeah. yeah. We need
0: people around us that don't buy in to the brand Annie Downs. That's right? right. That's right. How important is that to you to keep that that network of people around you that go, you ain't that big a deal. You're, yeah, you're that's just, right. You're just our buddy. How big is it, that to you?
1: Oh, that's. I mean, huge. And I mean, it's one of the reasons that we, that I love having Annie F. Downs as my professional name, because that is the difference, right? Yeah. Like people who only know Annie F. Downs and people who know Annie Downs. I was at a baseball game here in Nashville last two weeks ago. And I met someone I never met before. And we were talking and I said to him, do you know my last name? And he said, no. And I was like, really? <laughs> I was like, do you know what I do for my job? And he was like, no, should I? And I was like, nope, 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 nope. You shouldn't. You shouldn't. shouldn't. Don't Google it. Don't look it up. Let's just be friends. Let's just meet like this. And so that it does really matter. The line though, I wonder if you've experienced this too. The line that really matters to me, my family does this really well. Uh, A lot of my up close friends do this well is I I want the line to be, my friends are not impressed, but they're proud.
0: That's a great way to say it
1: the unim the all the way unimpressed and not proud feel like, do y'all not see that we that I'm working hard? Yeah. <laughs> like and with my friends, when I'm watching them, I don't want to say to my friends, I'm not impressed. Yeah. I want to be like, I'm actually incredibly impressed with what you do, but I'm not impressed.
0: That's good. That's <laughs> right? a great like, way really to say it. I'm really
1: proud of how hard you're working and the amount of people that are responding to your work or how you're doing. You know, Dansby, I'm so proud of yep. Dansby. I understand something that to, to stay unimpressed with someone is to remember that the thing they are doing is not what they will do forever.
0: That's exactly right.
1: You, me, Dansby, the people who are moms of young kids, the pastors, the president of Delta none of us will do this forever. Yep. And so that's, so we can be so proud of the work our friends put their hands to and be impressed with who they are as people.
0: That's so good. That is so, and it's those people that they loved you when you didn't do anything. You were just totally. their friend. I know our bet we've got it at North Star, It's so fun. I've got two of my Liberty roommates yeah. Go to North Star.
1: Uh, well, I mean, we uh, go back. Best. We go
0: back to sitting in the dorm room yes. after baseball games, talking about this, yes. that, and the other. And you know they're with you. They're just yes. along for the and they just they love you. They don't care really care what you do. Yeah. They're proud of you. Yeah. But they, but they just like care. you. They and just you like hanging that, out with you.
1: Probably true of, of those guys for you too. But those are also the friends that when I've messed up, I can go, they're gonna stick around then too. Oh yeah. Like, let me tell you the thing I did that I wish I wouldn't have done. Yep. Let me tell you the thing I'm thinking through that could blow up my whole career. Yep. And, and they care, but they don't care.
0: That's so good. You know,
1: they care because they care about me. They don't care if it, like it may be Brad or Jamie, one of those people have said to me, uh, you know, and it could have been Steve Carter who with his craft and character oh, podcast, so oh, good, I mean the best, where he says, God cares more about your character than your career. That's right. And we see that. We see that very, uh, clearly, unfortunately with pastors whose lives blow up where you go, Oh yeah, God actually cared more about who you are as a human than the work you were doing. So he let your work blow up because he's trying to win your heart back.
0: That's right. And so those people
1: that you and I have up close to us that say, Hey, I'm, I love your work. I'm proud of your work. I'm concerned about your heart are the ones that I'm like, man, I will, I will, I'll ride with you forever.
0: Yep. That's so good, Annie. You, you've you've had 386 podcasts. This is as of when we're recording. So there's yes. going to be you'll probably add another 300 by the time we release. It's crazy. You're just rolling them out. How did you find your voice? You yeah. your books. You have a books division. You have a podcast division. You're you're traveling, um, speaking in churches. How did Annie find her voice? Your yeah. unique voice.
1: I mean, I think part of it and you you do this so well with your podcast and with your preaching is that the longer you do it, it's the practice of just not quitting. Right. So when people say to me, someone did this just last week, they came up and said, I'm starting at the beginning of your podcast. And I was like, I don't know that you want to do that. <laughs>
0: I mean, They will, most they of, will be you know, in the fellowship of the unimpressed. That's, that's right. <laughs> that's right. That's exactly right.
1: Because the only way you get good at something is starting to do it that's and right. learning and growing that's from right. it. And so I think I've found the voice that I'm have today from the years of when I was learning who and what and how this would go in another 10 years, when you and I are doing this again, I mean, we'll do this before 10 years, but you know what I mean? In 10 years, when we do this again, we'll go, man, I've even refined more Mm. who I'm speaking to and why my voice is the unique one that matters. I had a, another author friend get asked to speak at a church I've spoken at before. So she reached out to me this morning and said, tell me about them. And, and I was like, Oh, I love them. They're a great church. And I said, but the first question I always ask is why am I the right person? Mm. Why am I the right person for you? Because I need to make sure that these events and churches and conferences um, understand what my mission is. And I understand what their mission
0: is. That's right. That's right.
1: And, and so, but the longer I do this, the more I can clearly go, hey, I'm not the right person for you because you're looking for someone ABC and I'm not ABC. That's good. And, um, or man, everything you're saying about what you're hoping this event does is my, the middle of my road. So I'll see you in March or whatever, right? So I think it is about practicing and not giving up. Isn't that the truth of all of it? I mean, it is. when we talk to people about their faith walks and they're like, oh, I missed reading my Bible yesterday or I'm out of practice. I haven't read my Bible in a week. I'm like, just pick it up and do it again. What you want to do is be the person who gets all the way to the end of your life and at least you kept picking it up, even if you didn't pick it up every day. Just get better at it. Don't. There aren't rules to finding your voice or any of this. It is, the as Eugene Peterson taught us, long obedience in the same direction.
0: That's exactly right. You know, I think one of the things that makes sure podcast so good is you can tell people want to be on there. And one of the reasons they want to be on there is you ask them things nobody else ever asked them. And I think sometimes you get them in a conversation and you get their guard down because everybody has talking points, especially when we've all learned when a book releases, I have, it doesn't matter what I ask, Uh you're going to give me your talking points. What's been a secret, and this is more of a selfish question than anything, what's been your secret to asking the right question or the question they've never been asked? How do you do that?
1: Um, Well, you know what's funny is someone sat down across the table from me that I'm at right now yesterday and opened a notebook and had talking points. And I said, do you know what we're talking about (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I was like, hey, I, do you need me? Or are you just going to do this? Because this isn't how we do. Um, but it was he He just said, it helps me to yeah. see my notes. And I was like, great. You can tell. I mean, I was just giving him a hard time. He's That's a good, good. friend. Um, you know, for me, I, as I joked with you at the beginning, I mean, I've just, I've talked a lot of my life. And I've been nosy for the majority of my life. And what we get to do in podcasting, what I'm always trying to do is when I'm sitting down with someone... Instead of following my questions, though, I have them. You, d- you do yep. this incredibly. I prepare. I know where I want to go. I know if they have something coming. So, like, you and I are just talking because we're friends. I don't have anything particularly going on right now except getting to hang out with you. But if a book was releasing, you've seen the book. You know what's yep. coming. You kind of – and and so I do my research, but I follow my curiosity. Mm, mm. Because if I'm wondering if, – if I'm asking the question of, like, why did you name the book like this? And the author says – well, it's it's because when my mom passed away when I was a kid and I go, hold on. Your mom passed away when you were a kid. Why? What happened and how has that like affected Mother's Day for you? Right. Mm-hmm. Like I'm trying to think not only what I want to talk about with the or what I want from the guest, but what's the person listening in the grocery store asking themselves as they're hearing the guest? So they're going, fantastic. I did not know his mom passed away. So then I'm trying to go, I bet they're wondering about that and so i try to prepare prepare that like you won't be curious but follow yep. your curiosity
0: that is so good god that's so good and curiosity is so much of it and, yeah, it's, and that's it's, why it's people the question, feel comfortable right that's exactly right it's the question behind the question yes and yes. i remember i remember in a podcast i think it was after your show a guy uh it his name is Bob Tede. He's with Campus yeah. Crusade. Didn't know Bob, yeah. never yeah. met him. But he said this, he said, we have to always ask ourselves, do we want to be interested or interesting? Wow. So are we, are we really interested or am I just trying to tell you, asking you a question so I can tell you a story? Yeah. Yeah. And I tell you, man, that curiosity plays into that. So yes. speaking, podcasting, two different worlds, two totally different worlds. Right. Which do you enjoy most?
1: It's which one of, of the, the reasons sorry go ahead
0: no which 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 of those do you enjoy contrary to what you may have thought you would have enjoyed
1: yeah, they they scratch different itches, right? And they require mm. different things of me. It's one of the reasons I ask events, tell me why I'm the right speaker for you because for a long time before the pod, my podcast started in 2014. Wow. So, but I started, my first book came out in 2012. So I was speaking publicly for two full years before the podcast even started, probably speaking five or six years before the podcast had the reach that it yep. began to have. Well, the funny thing that happened, Mike, is it started, people started saying, Oh, I'm bringing you in because everyone in our church listens to your podcast. And I was like, well, that's not Annie the Speaker. Because Annie the Podcaster is a friend with the person across the table, and I'm just asking questions. When I'm speaking, I've studied Daniel 10, and I'm coming to answer the question that your church is asking about Daniel 10. And so they they are different to me. They both are spiritual to me, but podcast—it's just so interesting, Mike. I wonder— I would love, I'm going to answer quickly because then I'd love for you to answer because teaching on Sundays or teaching events is a firework show in someone's life, right? I'm not a long-term investment except at my local church here in Nashville where I'm on the teaching team at Crosspoint. Everywhere else, I'm a firework show who's coming to tell them one thing and they may remember one thing I say, but they also may just remember how they felt. Yep and something the holy spirit said to them that had nothing to do with me. Yep. And so I'm I am I'm trying to per- perfect and bring the most uh, practiced, well put together 25 minutes uh, to be as excellent as possible at sharing the gospel in whatever form that looks like. Yeah. When I'm podcasting it is quantity over quality a little bit and that like we're two shows a week we are we're going to be the bottom of the birdcage conversation in in a month because there'll be eight new ones between now and then Yep. so i'm trying with podcasting it is hey i just want to be your consistent friend that's that every time you listen you take away something but you mostly know annie's going to be reliable for telling the truth, having fun, that it's Bible based, that the guests aren't always faith based, but Annie's going to keep it between the lines, you know? Yep, yep. Um, so I like them for different reasons. I podcasting lets you sleep in your own bed every night and speaking doesn't, but touring and getting to speak in front of people, you know, 12 times in three weeks I'm not sure there's much more that's fun to me than that.
0: So that's really what about cool. you?
1: What are the, what are the different, what Golly. did they ask different of you?
0: The preparation's totally different. And, and totally I like and, and so I think the part of speaking you enjoy is you own it. You control yeah. the direction, you control the narrative, you control where it goes. Podcasting is so interesting because sometimes the takeaway was never intended. It's yeah. where the conversation went. So I I would, I'm just like you. I love them both for different reasons. Yes. I get to speak majority of the time. I travel a pretty good bit, but you do. the majority of the time I'm in one place and yeah. they, I've been there for 25 years. Yeah. They've watched my children grow up. They know me. They've seen me young Mike at 28 and they've seen- not so young Mike at 53, right? (laughs) I mean, so they've gotten to watch the evolution in a community, you know, through the years. So I I would say the same thing. There's parts of podcasting. I wish you had a microphone in the crowd on Sunday mornings to go, how do you deal with this? Tell me, so when we're, you know, when we're on this subject right here, what's this like for you? And I would love to, but you can't do that.
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: that's, That's dangerous. So it is interesting because you're so good at both, and both are such unique skill sets.
1: Yes. Yeah, they're I don't want to give different. up one for the other. I, I enjoy them both so much. But Mike, I'll tell you, for all of our friends listening, pastors like you who have stayed in in ministry, but also stayed in the same place. I know some, some of our friends have pastored 25 years and been at five churches, you know. Right. But just the every Sunday, people who don't prep for speaking don't understand that y'all do... Every week, what I, when I'm traveling I, for that tour, I did the same 25 minute talk 24 times. Yeah. And y'all do a different one every week. It is just, it is an extraordinary skill set. And your faithfulness to your congregation is just uh, very respectable. Oh,
0: you're very, very sweet. You know, you can be, that can be a positive or it can be, you know, you're like gangrene. And nobody yeah. really knows what to do with you. They just haven't killed you off yet. So I mean, you, you just really don't, don't get to
1: re- I get to, I get to recycle jokes constantly. True. And, and the true. minute my pastor brings up the same, I had a pastor who would always use a, a globe. Um, uh, one of those uh, candle, let me think of the word, uh, a big candle holder that was glass, like a big yeah. fat vase. And it was putting in golf balls, tennis balls, and sand. But he used it in eight different ways over yep. the years. We were in the same church, and I was like, "Well, here we go again. We golf go. balls. You got to put the golf. <laughs> I mean, you got to put the tennis balls in first. I don't know if we're talking about time management or money or relationships this time, but I know the idea. I know it's the idea. It's my
0: go-to, baby. It's my go-to. <laughs> it so works. Who,
1: I haven't it, forgotten it. <laughs> that,
0: that's exactly right. So, who are some big influence for, influencers for you? Who yeah. who are some leaders? that either up close or even from yeah. a distance have helped shaped you shape you. Well,
1: well, you know, all, almost all of them. Pastor Kevin Queen is my pastor yep. currently at Crosspoint, and hopefully for the rest of my life. That's the plan. Amen. Um, he's just incredible. And so he's a big voice in my life. Tom Tanner had, was my pastor for a very long time. Bob Beckwith at the UGA Wesley foundation really shaped my life in a lot of ways when I was at Georgia. Um, You know, up up close and long distance, long distance for the majority of my life, Beth Moore just was, Mm. she kind of went first for a lot of women who couldn't, didn't know or didn't see women Bible teachers. And the interesting thing, I I wonder if you've seen this vision visually as well. There was a couple of them, Beth and Kay Arthur Mm. and Joyce Meyer and Christine Kane, who kind of said here's what it looks like when women are in a public space. They teach the Bible, they write Bible studies. And then as the decades have gone on and those gates were opened and we all got through the gate, then it was like, oh, the road is so much wider. Yeah. So so we all kind of started thinking, oh, we have to write Bible studies. And then this is that same, how do you find your voice? As I got to the other side of the gate, I went like, I mean, I like writing Bible studies, but I'm mostly like hosting a podcast. right? And I'm mostly like being funny on stage. And I'm mostly like, you know, so once they open those doors for us, so all those women open doors for women in ways that the generation before us didn't know. And the one after us, like your daughter, you know, like the the generation after me is getting to refine their calling even more, but they've got TikTok. So all of them can be famous, right? Like some of the barriers that we had about getting in front of men and women are gone when it comes to social media. And so it's it's a very interesting thing to watch what The Next Generation's doing. Um, I'll give you a couple of others that are coming to my mind. Shannon Martin, um, she's one of my favorite writers and teachers. Emily P. Freeman blows my mind. Uh, Steve Carter, as we talked about. I think Steve is, anyone who has watched Steve's story from Willow Creek to where he is now, you just go like, I don't know that there's anyone else with his... um, Steel core yep. faith, yep. as Steve, he has been refined by the fire, and he will be found faithful forever. Yep. I mean, he just—it's massively impressive. Um, Dante Stewart, I, I love his writing. I don't know if you know him, but yeah. he's one of my favorite writers out of South Carolina, and is leading in some incredible ways. Who um, else? I mean, I, I'm just kind of a glutton for reading people and listening to people, and and building my bullpen of long distance leaders as well. So, you know, same people you listen to John Mark Comer, Pete Gregg. I mean, some of these uh, men that have been leading John Tyson, Phil Manginelli that's down the street from you at the square church. I mean, Phil's just an, and he's an Enneagram seven. So watching an Enneagram seven lead is helpful to me. (laughs) So, Oh, I just, we are, we are so lucky to be surrounded by men and women, diverse backgrounds, diverse race and diverse strengths yep. leading around us and going like, okay, how can I be like all of them?
0: Yeah. And we have the ability now through podcasts, through internet, through all those things yeah. to have them at our fingertips. And though yeah. we may never meet them, yes, we feel like we know them because they've opened up their lives to us.
1: Oh, I mean, I was walking to dinner last night, and this car drives by, and they roll down the window and they scream, "We love you!" And I had this like sour face because I had just listened to a Marco Polo I wasn't pleased with, and I was like, "Oh no!" And I said, "Me?" And the girl said, "Yeah, but we don't remember your name. We just saw you at church."
0: And I was like, "Fantastic!"
1: Do you mean Annie? (laughs) And they're like, "Yeah, Annie!" And I was like, "This is the best." don't remember my name, recognize me, but that's know right. you saw me at church. Perfect. That's goal. exactly that what I'm pure
0: here for. That's goal. exactly what I'm here for. Yes, that's that exactly right. Goal. And
1: you know that, can I say one more thing about this yeah, that you, you don't mind, but the benefit we have of hearing all these pastors is we can listen to them all week long mm. and hear their sermons. I am still a, I will preach from the rooftops, be in a local church, where you hear the same pastor or the same teaching team every Sunday, where you are invested, where you are, because we have the same problem in the dating pool. There are so many options. We don't have to pick one.
0: That's right.
1: The same is true with churches. There are so many good options, not only in our cities, but globally that we, it is hard to pick one. So my line to myself lately has been, if this was, if this was 1850 and this was the wild West, there'd be one church in my town. and I'd go to it. And if there were problems, I'd help make them better. That's right. And so there's one church in my town. I'm pretending like there's one church in my town and I'm committed. And so where there's joy, I get to be part of it where there's trouble. I got to, I get to help fix it. And so I think the thing we can do wrong, the thing I've done wrong is when things get hard in your local expression of the church, at least we have podcasts.
0: That's right. Well,
1: nah, let's do both. Let's
0: do both. Mm. That's so good. That's a, that is a really, really good word. You, you hit something earlier I thought was so interesting. You talked about all the people, you listed all the people that pour into you, the people uh-huh. you've got in your bullpen, but you said, I also have a heart for those that I'm pouring into yeah. where, why is your heart for the next generation of leaders so big? And why does it why is it important enough to make it on an already crazy busy calendar
1: yeah i think we i think we all are pretty busy i don't know a lot of people that aren't especially after the pandemic once it slowed down a little bit and now it's kicked back up i think everybody is finding a lot to do with their time which yeah. i think is great like i when i i want to barely stumble over the finish line i'm so tired when the lord's done with me right like i want to have run i don't want to be slow on the last mile i want to be going but you know to me uh, I don't have children of my own. I don't know if I will. And so one of the things I get to do is say, what does it look like to raise the generation if they aren't in my house? Mm. And how do I help raise the next generation? What does that look like for the women who, so I'm 41. So women who are 20, women who are 25, mathematically could be my children men who are, I mean, you, you know, this about me, it's how Dansby and I are as close as we are is when I was volunteering in my church's college ministry, the Vanderbilt baseball team, a lot of those young men were brothers to me. I mean, I had dinner with one of them and his wife yesterday, whose wedding I officiated last, last fall. And so there is this, um, there just is this thing about what do you want your legacy to be? Mm. And, and if, my le- if I decide my legacy is I need a lot of followers on Instagram and then Instagram decides one day, Facebook goes, you know what, we're done. And they turn off the lights, my legacy's gone. Mm. If my legacy is, could I pour into the next generation, men and women, and they choose Christ and they choose to follow Jesus with their lives and that multiplies in their lives, that is, that's what I wanna be. Well, I don't wanna be known for anything. I don't care. When I get to the Lord, what I want the Lord to say is the books were good. Yeah. Yeah. The podcast is fine. But those four people that you stayed in their lives for their whole lives that look at, look at that trajectory. Mm -hmm. Like I want the Lord to kind of show me a map of like where those lights spread. Mm -hmm. I think my work really matters to God. I think I'm called to something that really matters. We all are. So I'm not downplaying the work that I do. I think I've given my life to it. Also, what I want the Lord to remember me for is that I made a legacy in the lives of other humans that maybe other people won't ever see. So I don't, you know, that's me, a Mike, great, you, that's you feel a the great, same way. Like we don't, yeah, we don't Annie, care about that, it.
0: That, it's so easy to reach a point in life and go, okay, I'm at a point, I just don't have time yeah. right? I don't have time, but you make time, which tells the importance. Yeah. So I, w- I want to draw in on this phrase. So you, you said something that really triggered something a second ago. You talked about crossing the finish line and you just want to barely get there. You want right? to <laughs> go across. So think back to the new, so we've been teaching through the book of Acts, which has been uh, b- one of my favorite things I've ever done. And I as I
1: say, y'all are going to mess up West Cobb if you teach too dude, much Acts. <laughs> listen,
0: man, we have, you, you know, you've taught through it. Guys have been doing it forever but to see the sequence and to see how it goes. And then, you know, that Paul wrote later, yeah. he said, I want to be poured out like a drink offering,
1: Yeah,
0: which was his modern day version of saying, I want to just finish empty. Yeah. When Paul said that, what's that phrase do for Annie Downs when yeah. you get discouraged? And when you go, I don't know if it's worth it. And when you go, yeah. I don't know if there's enough for return. When you see a, <laughs> yeah. a, a history, his, his historical figure like Paul, who yeah. changed the world, what does it do for you and your faith to hear that?
1: Man, I... Uh- you know, what's funny. I don't know if you've not ever talked about this. Me and Paul probably aren't the best of friends. And it's not even about what he said about women. I'm like, no, no, no. You can say whatever you want. I just don't love his tone sometimes. Right, right. N.T. Right. Wright wrote a whole book on Paul that helped me a lot. Um, so let me, so my answer will be, let's look at Peter's life too, mm. right? Like Peter's life. It moves me so much because, it, you know, in First, you just listen to him in First Peter, and he's just pouring his guts out to these people. I mean, poor Paul is sitting in home jail or in real prison, yep. and he's writing these letters, of being, "If I could get to you, yep. here's what I would say." And um, and so when he says he would pour his life out, when Peter gave his life for the church, and Jesus said, "You're the rock, man." Like mm. I'm building this thing. For me. For starters, my life is not near as hard as either of those good dudes. Mm. I've, you know, I have air conditioning, I have a fridge, you know, like I have all these things that they're live. They'd be like, oh, tell me about suffering for the gospel. You have a car, right? Like, get out of here. Exactly right. Um, but for me, I'm I'm really thinking about it, Mike, because I'm a couple of weeks away from an extended break from work. And even this morning, I thought, I do not know that I have it today. (laughs) Mm. I don't know that I have it today. I I feel like I'm starting to drain out. And so I just said to the Lord today I was like, hey if today was the last one tomorrow would be my vacation and it's not. And so I need you to reset my timeline because my timeline says I'm done today and I'm not.
0: That's good. <laughs> so
1: to me, I you know when we talk about fast pace or when we talk about our cup being empty not all of it, not everybody runs at the same pace. One of the dreams of our team is my number two and my my two employees who are with me. We make a stool. We all run at different speeds, yep. which is so helpful because I kind of pick up their pace. They slow me down a lot. But I also am like, man, God made me like this. So I am going, I am going to be the car that has all the gas in it and then none of the gas in it. Mm-hmm. I just have to start paying attention when I feel that. <laughs> the the, the yep. little lever starting to drip. Um, but man, like at the end, at the end of all of this, it I just I, I just care the most that that as I'm like stumbling across the finish line, the Lord is like, that was it. You did it. Mm-hmm. That was it. And I think he cares the most about how we love other people. Mm-hmm. And I think he cares the most about our prayer lives and about our faith and our hope. And I think he cares the least about how many of my books have sold. (laughs) I think he cares, but I think it's on the bottom of the pile. I think the bottom of the pile is what the world calls success. I love success. I just, I just lost something I didn't want to lose. And, uh, and I'm, I'm a poor, I do apologize. You, you will be so embarrassed for me. I apologized to my whole staff yesterday because I was, I did not lose well when I lost. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I wish I could model for y'all how to lose well, but I don't lose well. And so here's a weakness of mine that y'all saw on full display. And so I, I like success and I like to win. It's not what, it's not what God, it's not what God's blessing always looks like. And so if he's going to empty my cup, if he's going to pour me out and that's how I cross the finish line then I'm probably going to be real tired. (laughs) Mm. So when I feel real tired and I know I'm healthy, I know I'm checking on my emotional health, my spiritual health and my physical health, and I'm still tired. It just means my cup's pretty close to empty and he's about to fill me back up probably.
0: She brings it, doesn't she? That's the one thing you can always count on with Annie is Annie is gonna bring it. And it was just so neat to hear sort of the behind the scenes story of finding her voice, finding her heart finding her place in leadership and just the way that God is using her is just spectacular to watch. Thank you so much Annie for being a part. Well, in our next episode we get to sit down with with someone I have never met before. I've read his books. Um He's a novelist. He he's not most writers are uh, that I read are writing for growth and you're reading their books about leadership and life. His books are novels and they're amazing. His name is Charles Martin. Uh Charles has put out so many classics so many books that you and I have read or we've had friends read and they're so good in fact he's got a brand one, new one out called The Record Keeper but he's had The Water Keeper um he has had When Crickets Cry So, so good, and probably the one he's most known for is The Mountain Between Us that was made into a movie in Hollywood, but it is so good, and what's driving Charles behind the scenes is an unbelievable faith, a faith in a Lord that not only saved him, but uses his life on a daily basis and uses his pen as he tells stories. I think you're going to really enjoy it. Well, if you've enjoyed this episode, please go and leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher. I know it just helps so many other people find their way to us. Share it on social media. Feel free and click it and share it right off your iTunes or Spotify or wherever you're listening. And, uh, man, I just I just want to say thanks. Thanks for tuning in today. And until next time, go be the leader that God created you to be in the spaces and the places that he has put